There had been something in the nature of an informal understanding when he had come to stay at Clane's Hall, that he should take his host in hand and give him a much-needed spot of polish. But so unpleasant had been the spirit in which the other had received his ministrations that he had soon abandoned this missionary work. Mr. Steptoe, when he tried to set his feet on the path that led to elegance and refinement, had a way of narrowing his eyes and saying, "'Ah, nerds!' out of the corner of his mouth, which would have discouraged Emily Post. "'When that last fellow quit,' said Mrs. Steptoe, stirring her coffee grimly and looking a little like a rattlesnake, if one can imagine a rattlesnake stirring coffee, he thought he had finally fought off the challenge. But he's living in a fool's paradise. As long as there's a valet left in England, Howard gets him. I've been telling Sally to hire a real tough specimen this time, the sort that'll stand no nonsense.' I intend to smarten him up if it's the last thing I do. Mr. Steptoe came in as she spoke. An enormous mass of a man with a squashed nose and ears like the handles of an old Greek vase. He has been in once before, as a matter of fact, but Mrs. Steptoe had sent him out again to go and put a collar on. His air, which was sullen, made it plain that both in neck and spirit he was chafing under this treatment. Directing a lowering glance of dislike at Lord Holberton, whom he considered a palooka of the first water, and suspected of putting these ideas into his wife's head, he went to the sideboard and helped himself largely to fish. The only member of the party still absent was Mrs. Chavender, the lady of the portrait. She entered a moment later, looking like Mrs. Siddons in one of her more regal roles. She would have made a good subject for the brush of Sir Peter Lely or Sir Joshua Reynolds. Indeed, both Sir Joshua and Sir Peter would probably have made even a better job of her than Josh Weatherby had done, as Jos would have been the first to admit, for he was quite free from artistic jealousy. Sweeping into the room with an air, she got a big reception. "'Good morning, Beatrice,' said Mrs. Steptoe, beaming. "'Good morning, Mrs. Chavender,' said Sally. "'Oh, hello, hello,' said Lord Holberton. Mr. Steptoe said nothing. He had cocked an eye at the newcomer— That was as far as he was prepared to go. A simple child of nature, he believed, when at meals, in digging in and getting his. He reached out a hairy hand for the butter and started lathering another slice of toast. Lord Holberton had sprung to his feet, a thing Mr. Steptoe would not have done in a million years, and was heading gallantly for the sideboard. It was those perfect manners of his— combined with his delicate good looks and the way he had of sitting down at the piano after dinner and singing such songs as Trees in a soft, quivery tenor voice that at first attracted Sally Fairmar. "'What can I get you, Mrs. Chavender? Eggs? Fish? Ham?' It was a moment big with fate. On this woman's answer hung the destinies not only of all those present, but in addition of J. B. Duff— managing director of the firm of Duff and Trotter, London's leading provision merchants, of Joss Weatherby, the artist, of Chibnall, Mrs. Steptoe's butler, and of Vera Pym, barmaid at the Rose and Crown in the neighbouring town of Loose Chippings, Chibnall's fiancée. If she had said, eggs, nothing would have happened. If she replied, fish, the foundations of this little world would have remained unrocked. Ham, said Mrs. Chavender. Lord Holberton carved the ham with a polished elegance which marked all his actions, and silence fell upon the room, broken only by a crackling sound like a forest fire, as Mr. Steptoe champed his toast. 
This gorilla-jawed man could get a certain amount of noise response, even out of mashed potatoes, but it was when eating toast that you caught him at his best. The conversational ball was eventually set rolling again by Mrs. Chavander. She had lowered her knife and fork and was staring at her plate with a sort of queenly disgust, like Mrs. Siddons inspecting a caterpillar in her salad. "'This ham,' she said, "'is uneatable.' Mrs. Steptoe looked up in quick concern. Wealthy though she was herself, the moods of this still more opulent sister-in-law were of urgent importance to her. Like Ben Bolt's Alice, she trembled with fear at her frown. Mrs. Chavander was understood to have a weak heart, and Mrs. Steptoe was her only relative. Is there something wrong with it, Beatrice? Considering that I have just described it as uneatable, you may take it that it is not wholly without blemish. You bought it, Sally, said Mrs. Steptoe accusingly. Sally was unable to do.